Hey everyone, Al here. Before we begin tonight's special episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Diabolical Coffee. It's devilishly good coffee and diabolically awesome swag. There's a roast for all tastes. You can order whole bean, coarse and standard grind, espresso. There's even a K-cup option for single cup brewers. And right now you can use a promo code PROTOSTAND for 20% off anything in the store. That's 20% off all coffee and merch. Thank you, Diabolical Coffee and Eric for your support. Now, here's our chat with Terry Ryan. That fresh produce stand there, that's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, uh, fucking sexy. It's Thirsty Thursday, and we are once again hanging out at the produce stand. Podcast paying tribute to everything in the universe. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other Blutter Kenny podcasts out there, but this one here, two-thirds of us, has been screeched in at the George Street Festival this summer. So there you go. <laughs> I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt, but not the very busy Victor. He's still working. But joining us this week, he is a first-round NHL draft pick, chosen eighth overall by the Montreal Canadiens in 1995. He's a media personality, an author, and an actor, appearing in shows like Little Dog, Hudson and Rex, and the film of Fire in the Cold Season. But we all know and love him as Ted Hitchcock, which is kind of funny because if you say it fast, it sounds like 10 inch cock. Please join me in making some noise for Terry Ryan. Mundress. Oh my me. god. I regret nothing. Welcome to the Protestant Terry. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Really, uh, it's interesting to be here. Oh, uh, you've got a unique podcast, and it's a privilege to join. It's it's an honor to have you here, sir. And I mean, it's about time too. We've been talking since uh, since I met you in person back in was it July or August when we went to? And I think it was July. July. Yeah. July. It was George yeah. Street Festival, right? Yeah. And um, and I, I mean, you're a busy man, and so we we really appreciate that uh, you made the time to join us. No problem. You know, I get asked to do these and now you realize like we really tried and mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that's how busy I am. But I'm busy in the sense of. Well, my daughter, she left for Calgary today. Her mom lives in, in, in Calgary, right. so I've got her most of the time, the vast mm -hmm. majority. You know, she lives with me in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. And, um, you know, everything I do, whether it's acting or writing or podcasts. And I also do some I, I work on a podcast in Edmonton, Got Your Back with Old Junior opponents and buddies ryan rashog and jason strudwick right so i it, it it's busy but a lot of it i i just kind of do you know i make my own schedule yeah so i'm like okay well maybe this particular night but you know it's just time slips away from me and i got to try to get my i do i do two a week myself i do one solo mission podcast early mm -hmm. in the week yeah. and then i have a guest later in the week and it's setting that up is hard enough so oh like, i'm sure like, better late than never but honestly we've been talking about this for four months haven't we absolutely <laughs> and and that's great and i'm not i mean i'm not complaining uh, we're just happy to have you on we ha we actually just had max buffard on like uh earlier this week so we're, we're slowly collecting our sluts uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> great I, I like that i can make sense out of that sentence yeah <laughs> and Terry, we were starting to joke that that i mean we al posted the picture when he met you at the george street festival we're like okay and he said he's been talking to you we're like yeah sure you have sure you have <laughs> so it was like for a while it felt like just a stalker moment in newfoundland yeah uh but you're here so it brings the story all together now <laughs> listen no that happens all the time sure because you know george street and i like that area anyway if, even if there was no 
I mean, it's great for drinking and partying, mm -hmm. but that part of St. John's to me is where it's at. That's the old, I mean, St. John's is the oldest city in North America. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Water Street is right there connected to George Street. And that's the oldest, I mean, if you, you know, the oldest street in St. John's. So I'm guessing one of, if not the oldest street in North America, just doing the math. So, and you know, it's really European down there. Mm. It's, it's our, I don't know. I'm, I really love that area of town. I love history. And, you know, you're further, you get away from that. Um, and it's a big area. I'm not just saying downtown, but you know, the, the older part of St. John's, Yeah, you know, it starts to get, I'm in Mount Pearl, it's mm -hmm. a cabin type of a house in lower Mount Pearl, but for a lot of, you know, there's a lot of subdivisions that are, that could be anywhere. And that's, right. that's great. I mean, a yeah. lot of my friends live there, but I like spending my time. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to go for a coffee, if I'm going to do some research, if I just go downtown to any number of local bars or restaurants during the day. And, uh, do my thing so and the thing is that's the biggest tourist area so yeah, absolutely every that's been for years i mean here people are kind of numb to the presence of me mm -hmm. you know it's like <laughs> you know we've been there done that we, i know a lot of people it's not a huge place i guess yeah. two hundred thousand people give or take and uh but everybody goes to george street so whether it's a canadians fan or then my book you know, there's a lot of people that enjoyed that so uh, and, and letter kenny before shorzy i mean i knew just that that one scene yeah but you know, Letterkenny fans are, are, are really into it. And they're mm -hmm. some of the most passionate fans of any TV show I know. So a lot of people recognize me from that. You, you, like I said, the hockey thing. Yeah. So I often run into people that share stories. I, I love it. It's people from all over the world. I like airports. A lot of people don't, but I like talking to people. <laughs> you know, if you can't tell, I talk a lot. Mm -hmm. So that sort of thing happens all the time. It was honestly, it, it was great to meet you. That's great. Well, I mean, we had a, a, an amazing vacation there. It was our first real family vacation in a couple of years because, yeah. thanks to the pandemics and and we were still not you know leaving the country so I was like well let's 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 go visit a place in Canada that we've never been to before Newfoundland came highly regarded and I got to say it lived up to to every standard oh, it was it was amazing beautiful well the this summer in particular we had great weather i'm assuming mm, yeah it was hot it, I, I it was hot as balls two bad days in a row <laughs> no yeah. yeah so it's always hit or miss here yeah. i People say we get bad weather. Um, we might, but I think it's over-exaggerated because I think we just get our seasons late. Now mm -hmm. that comes, that helps in the fall. Yeah. You know, right now I'm looking out the window, there's a little tiny bit of snow. Fell. Two days ago it was eight degrees. Mm -hmm. It's rained here more than anything. It's, it's fairly mild. Yeah. But uh, in, you see in the spring, the icebergs come down. It, well, they might or they might not. You never right. know how much ice is going to pass by. And, you know, St. John's being the furthest easterly point in North America, Cape Spear, but, you know, St. John's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think when people picture the ocean Atlantic Canada, they think that the icebergs just go everywhere, but they don't. It's not like they go and deke around and go into PEI. And, you know, I mean, I guess technically some ice can go in, but for the most part, we get the icebergs. You know, the Titanic went down off of, I think, 150 miles off the coast of Newfoundland, which yeah. is close in nautical terms. Yeah. And so you see that, but it's beautiful. And the whales tend to follow it and the seals and there's wildlife. I mean, it's uh, yeah, we saw some wild to look yeah. at, but the, but the wind coming off of it, if mm -hmm. there's a lot of them, then it creates fog. It's cold. It might be June and you can tell that it wants to be 22 degrees, but the wind is coming off the ocean yeah. and it's, it's a chill in it. So that often happens and it pushes back our really good weather. But this year it was virtually, it was like 25, 30 degrees, which is also, yeah usually peak temperature but i mean two or three months it was those temperatures it was wild mm -hmm. yeah well we uh we went with a, a local a guy who from newfoundland and we went to visit some of his family in trinity i forget the yeah, name trinity of the bay uh, but it's not trinity it's there's three names oh warham warham um something uh centerville trinity yeah 
and his uh, his uncle has some some property on an island uh, that we spent time on, which yeah. is completely off the grid, which was a lot of fun. But then he took us even further yeah. out to so, Fox uh, Island. No, Pork Island, wasn't it? Oh, we were yeah. on Pork Island. Oh, we were on Pork Island. Whatever the yeah. Silver Fox Island or something like that. Yeah. And this wow. island here, I think, had one of the oldest houses in the country still standing and we got to tour it and stuff and just walking around that and feeling how remote that place was and Mm, and thinking about how those settlers had to live there through those winters. And I mean, if anyone got sick, there's no going to the mainland to Mm -hmm. to see a doctor. You're, you're being buried in a shallow grave there and, and that's it. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I believe that Newfoundlanders have a camaraderie amongst us. Have Mm -hmm. you ever noticed in every, in every province, there's a there's a Newfoundland. I mean, I'd say Newfie, but that term is kind of derogatory now. I guess I I, I think it's just how. Well, you, you said it. it. I mean, <laughs> you're allowed to yeah. say it. We're, you know, we'll, I, we'll I follow just, your I, lead. I never took offense. People that <laughs> right. called me that were teammates that, that sure. said it with with endearment. So mm-hmm. I, you know, it's how you use it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, let's say Newfoundland um, for so you know, and all around. Even when I travel to like Pittsburgh and Boston, if people know I'm going there, Newfoundlanders will show up because like it's like we're all brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. Well, of course I'm coming to see a Terry. Mm-hmm. I'm from Fox Harbor, right. and you know I know someone that knows your cousin. Of course I'm, you know. Yeah. yeah. Whereas <laughs> I, I think it's a unique uh, dynamic. But over the years, think about it. So that area, the very very oldest, the first community settled mm-hmm. from European settlers, um was 1602 or three and that was cupids right around it hockey fans out there where danny cleary is from mm-hmm. harbor grace newfoundland part of that is cupids which isn't far from trinity so the whole area started to get settled and for years i mean i'm talking the 1600s think about think about that so for 300 years really with no electricity yeah uh and you gotta you you've gotta come up with um you know stories and traditions and there's a level of bonding and mm-hmm. you know there's you, I, I think if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be able to survive, you mm-hmm. know? So these people that came before me, you know, we, we tend to be in a bubble now a little bit, but I, I like to do that. I like to go to those places and just cause it does, it's almost like a snippet back in time. I'll tell mm-hmm. you this, there's a place not far from there where you just mentioned it's yeah. in the Trinity Bay mm-hmm. on the way to Bonavista where Michael Ryder and Adam Party are from those hockey fans. Uh, and it's called Keels and they do K E E L S is, Mm-hmm. For the most part, honestly, it's a ghost town. As some, a lot of people bought what remains of the town. And what I realized when we were out there was some American uh, tourists that really enjoy. I mean, because relatively speaking, these places on the water are fairly inexpensive compared right. to the rest of the world. I mean, it's beautiful spots. Yeah. But and it's very remote. So we were out there. I was working crew on locations doing a show called Maudie. Mm-hmm. Um. Ethan Hawk and Sally Hawkins, I think her name was. They both did unbelievable performances. It was, and it was one of these locations that once we were there, we were there. So I was on crew, but once we were set, I like got to watch Ethan Hawk and Sally at work. It was right. wild, yeah. but there was no reception. So I was sitting down one day, but I and I was like, you know, jump how high when you're on locations. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the crew. Only so many people could stay in Keels. Everybody else went back to Trinity or Bonavista or Clarenville, wherever they stayed. Yeah, particular weekend i can't remember but we were out there for a week i think and because there was no reception and there was nothing um to really do i mean hang out and it was nice it was a nice break couldn't use your phone let's say right so yeah ethan hawk walks up behind me one and i was like no way and i was reading a book that he was kind of mentioned in that kind of was mick jagger's book Mm -hmm. and i was just sitting on a cliff it was like october 
late October, and like I was saying, we have, we have uh, late summer, so it was like 20-odd degrees. I remember it just being a real nice night looking out, and it was almost like a movie set sun going down. And uh, Ethan comes up and sits there, and I'd had my books, and I threw a book in his chair in the green room. I really didn't think he'd read it, but I did right. remember in Montreal him. I didn't meet him, but I remember being at more than one game. He's friends with Kiefer Sutherland, who goes to a lot of Habs games. Mm -hmm. And I did meet Kiefer out after a game a few times. So I had that in common. And I might have wrote a note, written a note. Anyway, he came up behind me and he said, dude, I read your book. It's great. I said, what? He said, well, there's nothing. I, I can't get a hold of my wife and my kids or anything. You know, right. here I'm kind of enjoying this vacation. So he said, I played some solitaire or whatever. And he said, I, I read your book. And he walked up behind me. And he kind of encouraged me. That was right before, um, right before I did a scene on Frontier. Mm -hmm. He really encouraged me to try acting. I was like, what? I was in the, again, I was in the industry. People think that there was this goal. I would have loved to be an actor. It just wasn't possible. I was right. locations for four or five years. It was good money. I got accepted to do education, but I really, I, it took two year program. One year accelerated. And I just didn't have that time. I needed to provide for people. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of what happened in Ethan Hawk. So if, if it wasn't for such a remote place like Keels with yeah. no reception, and I uh, felt like we were going back in time, you know, but it was, I, I got to sit and was, I chat with them. We came back in town, speaking of George Street. Yeah. And we went out one night to a place called the Bull and Barrel. I took him in and uh, we had four or five drinks, at least that. And, uh, and I, I called a few friends. I said, yeah, yeah you know, can I, can I do an audition? And that's kind of how it all started. Mm -hmm. I know you didn't ask me that question. But oh, I it was going to be, it, it was going to be asked, but uh, thank you for getting there. Uh, and by the way, Bull and Barrel, I've been there and it's a great Great place. Ah, my favorite little. <laughs> well, there's lots of my favorite. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite music bar. Yeah, it's uh, owned, operated by Tino Borges, who's a local magician, my friend for years. Yeah. Last night they uh, Mick Davis played Andrew yeah. Bulos. There's a, there's always some great music, and when there's not live, you know, he cues up the uh, old school. Video I was gonna say we loved just sitting there watching all those old school videos. It, it yeah, was great, man, uh, and great, and he's it? got great taste in music. Um. So just go back to the interview here. Uh, where are you? You're speaking to us from your 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 home in where? Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Newfoundland. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I'm I'm right outside. If you were driving through, I don't think you would tell that it's not St. John's. It's right. just greater greater okay. area of St. Yeah. John's. And uh, you're is this where you grew up? I grew up here in Mount Pearl. So the house I'm in now mm -hmm. that I, I mean, I bought this house in the spring, but. It's tiny. In this bottom part of Mount Pearl, what it first was, my my mom's father, my grandfather, um, Bill Norris, Bucky Norris, who actually fought in the war and was on the HMS Bulldog, the the um, the HMS Bulldog, collected the Enigma machine, which ended up leading. To, I mean, it was a huge, what? huge wow. Uh, turned the tides of the war. Seven one. Yeah. 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 That's it. That, that's it. Exactly. They they glorified it up and made it American in the movie. <laughs> but that, I know exactly know, the story you're talking about. Though. Wow. Yeah, that's the story. So my pop was like, he actually lost his arm. He, he, wow. he only had his left arm and he's right handed. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. he, he blew it off. It, it blew off in a cannon. So I, I like I, he seemed always a step ahead of the game. So he came back from the war. Mm -hmm. They lived in downtown St. John's on the South side, actually mm -hmm. you'd call it. And Mount Pearl, there's a nice little river running through where I am now. I mean, there's things built up around it, but Back then, it was almost like a cabin. So he just mm -hmm. saw some cheap land. He got back, I can't remember, but he got some kind of severance for pay. And he started the Mount Pearl Legion. I know that. And it was just up the road. And we were probably 
I don't know. Now there's probably 40,000 people in Mount Pearl. I think we, we were the fourth or fifth house and my parents still live in that house. So I bought a place just up the road. There's wow. a tiny little spot, 650 square feet. My daughter and I love it. There's a river out back. It's, it's old school, right? There's mm-hmm. not too many places around town now that are, what's the word? So protected or like, you know, it's, it's a little bit like you're living in the country here. Right. And mm-hmm. there's parts all around St. John's, but they're quickly, I mean, the population of the island mm-hmm. isn't increasing, I don't think. But in say, you know, what's happening is all those fishing towns that are now ghost towns. There's different industries. A lot of people come into St. John's. Sure, a lot yeah. of people fly away now and and work in Fort McMurray, for example, yeah. but live in St. John's. So they come back. So there's just a, a lot of the small towns are something of the past. That's why I like visiting them. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever leave? Um, good question. So. <laughs> I think if I left Newfoundland right now, say I could make more money, yeah. uh, just be, you know, my, my daughter wanted to live here. My, 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 I love it. I mean, I, I came back for a reason. The last professional team I played on was Orlando. We won the championship mm-hmm. uh, and I was offered to stay and any number of jobs. It was Orlando. I just found it a bit transient. Like I said, you're from here. Yeah. And I, if there's something in the, in your blood, man, you're from Newfoundland. And you know, I, I love that. I, I love that I'm from here and, and there's a camaraderie that I, I don't want to escape. Now, would I, if my daughter had gone to Calgary, but she didn't really want to, it was, it, you know, six months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said, daddy, like, I, I really, really don't want to go. It wasn't that she didn't want to be with her mom. Obviously yeah. she's out there now. They have a great relationship. Yeah. Um, but uh, Danielle and I have a, my ex, a real unique way we came about being together and everything. And we have a unique approach on life. It works. But Penny Lane wanted to be here. And I know, I know, I look back, I'm like, I, I've always said it. I'm so happy to have grown up here. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many. And she plays sports. She doesn't like hockey, but she's into soccer. She's on the provincial team. So and she takes that really seriously. Her and her yeah. f- friends are, I, I know she could play sports anywhere, but I, it's just something about, you know, growing up here and there's a camaraderie and a, and a sacrifice. And you, uh, you, I think what's what am I getting at? Like, it feels to me like just being a Newfoundlander, you're you're you're, you're like part of a team already, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and where I'm from in Mount Pearl, we would be so we're our own city, really. But like I said, you wouldn't really tell if you were looking. But we would play against St. John's back in the day, and St. John's because of population sites. Let's just say ice hockey, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we would be the Mount Pearl Blades, all of Mount Pearl. So you got to play for Mount Pearl. You're the Mount Pearl Blades. You get your jacket. You know, you're proud of it and everything. Mount Pearl, St. John's would have like uh, Kilbride, Ghouls, mm-hmm. uh, St. John's A, St. John's West, uh, Hooch Cove, Torbay. You know, there's all these little factions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying like as a whole, we're proud to be from Newfoundland, but and, sure. and Mount Pearl itself, I think, is a fantastic place. It's geared towards families, mm-hmm. a lot of money in, in, the, in the programs community programs, family-driven stuff, sports. I don't know if some people out there have been to Kamloops. It reminds me of that. Kamloops, BC, gives me the same kind of feel. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a good Mm -hmm. spot to grow up. And uh, anyway, would I leave? You'd have to pay a lot of money to feed. I I don't know. It'd have to be a lot of money, a lot of money or a lot of opportunity. Or my daughter maybe would, you know, I don't know. She gets older, something outrageous happens. Maybe she plays pro soccer in Toronto or something. Hey, maybe then. But I, I don't see getting up and leaving anytime yeah. soon. It's fine. You leave for opportunity and work yeah. and cool experiences and this is home. Yeah. 
And yeah, and I, I love that I can do my podcast. Mm-hmm. I know now that being an actor, I just finished a, a Lifetime movie called Made to Kill. That'll be out soon. It was an cool. honor. It was a great privilege to be in there with some awesome actors. I get into the game late, man. So I, 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 I people look at me as an actor, but I still am in awe of, it's like when I first skated in the NHL. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm not usually stuck for words, but I was when I met Vincent Damfus, mm-hmm. Saku Koivu, you know, oh. I, I still feel like that in the acting world, but, but I can do that. I get a great support. So like I said, Penny Lane, I can leave for a week and her friends like, you know, yeah. your soccer team, they hang out, they sleep over, they have sleepovers. My parents live just down the road. Uh, I don't like to rely on it be gone too long, but you know, I still get to go and do my thing. And um, you know, it's, I, I, I love Toronto and it is my hub. It's only a couple hours on a plane. Right. Yeah. I'm there often. Every month it seems I'm at least there a weekend. I got my agency there. I got real good buddies there. Um, there's a number of reasons to go. So it's not like I'm, I have cabin fever. I love yeah. the island, but I get to leave. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I can quickly say, I mean, I follow you on Instagram and stuff. I know a lot of our listeners do when I, it, it seems at least from our perspective, you're living your best life right now. And I don't know, has this always been the tone of Terry? Like, are you always just go, go, go looking for experience, living the best life? Um, it's it's fun to watch, but it, it's, yeah. it, it's something else, man. Thank you. I never thought of it like that. And most of the things that I did, like people, I, I know what they think. They look and they go like, oh, man, like, I can't believe you tried stand up comedy and you opened for Jerry D and. You know, yes. you, you, did you, you really guys I, yeah i'll tell you that story in a sec this was wild but these are things he read my book and uh, we were writing a hockey thing and he said you know i said can you he wanted me to go to toronto for the summer this was 2015 or 16 and i was like well i mean i can but can you get me a job and then i got there and he said yeah you're opening for me i went down and i opened for him my first show in a, in like a so I, I did, I practiced the night before I went to Yuck Yucks downtown Richmond there in Toronto, yeah, yeah, Richmond Street yep. and got absolutely gunned. Like I, I just didn't want to, I, I mean, I talk a lot, but I was terrified to get up there. I don't mind public speaking even. Right. That took a while to get over that, but, but stand up comedy, you know, is this thing on? Like I, I was like, Jesus. So I went up and <laughs> I just said, I'm Terry Ryan. I'm going through a divorce. And people kind of chugged. I said, I, I got a folklore degree. People were like, what the hell's folklore? They started, and they were like, where's this guy coming from? And I said, I'm the biggest sports disappointment in the history of Newfoundland and Labrador. And people started cheering. I said, you want to hear my last shift in the NHL? You want to hear the Ty Domi story? You want to hear how I knock my teeth out with a hammer and people are going mad? So I just told stories and I was overcharged, but I didn't realize that Jerry, I thought it was a bucket list thing. I was talking with right. Jerry the week before. Yeah. And I still thought he was going to get me a job. Like, I don't know, organizing his summer. I don't know what he, I don't know, could have been, holding a sign on the side of the road. I just needed money. So that was it. He said, meet me in Oshawa. And I went out there and he said, you're opening tonight. I came out, there was 4,500 people strong. It was wild. And wow. I, that's great. Yeah, it was wild. And again, people again, look at that and go, it's great for Terry trying that guy. I didn't want to do it, but I said, I got it. I got to take advantage of this. Jerry D one of the best comedians in Canada or anywhere yeah. really, uh, his show is dynamite, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I said, I, I can't not do this. So I just did what I always do when I'm terrified and, I just looked in the mirror and spoke to myself. I looked yeah. right at my eyes in the mirror and said, you do this. You got to yeah. get out there. Because I said no at first. Mm-hmm. But anyway, those things happened. It was it was survival. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was offered decent money. I had no job. I, I You know, I was, I guess, I, w- I was bouncing around on film crews because I was I got in the union in IATSE. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, you know, it's there, there's often a break. I needed, I just needed money. And um, we made some bad financial decisions at the time my wife and I. So yeah, it was it, now 
I guess I could have just there, I could always take a nine to five or something. I suppose I was a Red Bull rep for two years. Nothing against Red Bull, but I hated it. I just hated. Didn't y'all almost get into insurance or something at one point? <laughs> I yeah, think, I was offered yeah. it and I nearly took it, but it's not oh, me. Like I, no. <laughs> I got to be creative in some way, even yeah, locations. Yeah. I'm, I didn't mind that because I'm part of something that's, that's creative. Uh, I don't mind doing work. I'll do hardware. As you know, I mean, I do a lot and you know, the mental and the, physical, whatever it might be. I still play senior hockey. I, I, I love that. So I like being busy. Mm-hmm. I like challenging myself. The things that presented themselves are otherworldly. I'm so lucky that way. And I guess I took advantage of it because I saw a small window. Sure. I it's, nearly, I mean. It's it's the power of yes, right? Say yes. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and exactly. And try it. <laughs> at this yeah. point, you know, I get up. It's just part of my, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I get up and I I, I know now. The people who follow me support me. I know that the reason that I get sponsorship money is because people like Shorzy, they like spitting chiclets. So I try to, you know, that that's me. You know, my character on Shorzy, yeah. Ted Hitchcock. I mean, it is Ted Hitchcock. I have to go outside myself a little bit. But I mean, let's be honest here. The characters from Newfoundland. Yeah. The, <laughs> the missing a tooth. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, just the way he's in the room. That's kind yeah. of kind of the way I, I, I other than his accent is a little deep but i you know i i'm just kind of mimicking a, a friend that we used to grow up imitating that's what i'm doing there but and i mean it's kind of in me anyway that sure i can just talk like this if i, I can start talking like this no problem because that's the way i talk when i grew up right? <laughs> so it wasn't you know i get to do that and it's wild so the people that dig that and it all goes back my books and all all of this stuff the vehicle is hockey right and i got mm-hmm. into it and Things didn't go the way I planned in Montreal, obviously. But after, at the end of the day, I got hurt. I do believe I would have, someone would have given me a chance. The phone was ringing all the time. I know it's easy to say, you know, and I, I should have gone back to Montreal camp. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I know that's not what we're talking about. But for a while there, I nearly disassociated. Like, I came back and I was tripping over my bottom lip. I was seeing people that I played against that I'm not going to name names. But I knew, I don't want to use the word better, but I knew I was at least as good. Sure. And this yeah. is two years ago. I'm like, nothing happened to me since my draft year. Yeah. I had 50 in my draft year. I can fight anybody. I, it's not fair. And I really, I was upset, but everybody has a different timeline. The people who drafted me in Montreal, they all got fired when Patrick Waugh demanded a trade. Yeah. So people came in that I wasn't necessarily probably be there. I need to work on my skating, but I still thought I was an NHLer. I know I was an NHLer. So, but for two, three years, I came back, man, I got hurt and, I didn't even pay attention to hockey at all. And then one day, I, I, long, so, long story, I won't get way into it, but my friend put me on a reality show. It was four in the morning. I remember I had mustard on my shirt. I was eating a hot dog. I was loaded, loaded drunk. Mike O'Neill, and he was starting a reality show. Mm-hmm. And he uh, pinned me up against the wall. And he said, Terry, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. No one's going to feel bad for you. You're, you're pissing your life away. You're a good guy. So I went on his reality show called Define Yourself. I went from 248 to 190. Um, kind of what I am now. And I called, well, the, the, you know, you, you just do good things and positive things happen. The head of the ball hockey Canada team had, had watched me play ball hockey. That's big here. And he said, can you run? And I, for some reason it didn't hurt at all. When I ran, mm-hmm. it was a high ankle sprain. Right. And he said, yeah. And he took me to the world championships, man. And I got over there. I'm telling you this, we won in 2003 and it was su- such a, and for 2001, I hurt my ankle. So those two years were pretty, pretty dark. But I, uh, 
I, I, I got over there and I really shouldn't have been on the team. I know that. Now I, I work myself into a, it's every second year by 07, I was an all-star, but I mean, at the world tournament, but I should never have been there. I got one shift in the final when we made it three to one against Czech coach, coach George Gortzos put me out there and you know, I, I was crying during the shift and I went to talk to him after I go, you know, I shouldn't have been on this team, George, but thanks so much for, I won a world championship. I was bawling. <laughs> and he said, this is the long haul. He said, maybe you shouldn't have been, but there's a reason that I got you here. And he said, 2005, you're going to come. And I did. I got myself in the best shape. I aced. I, I came first in the fitness next year. Uh, like, So that version of me was just, mm -hmm. it was starting to, it was in the rearview mirror, the bad version. Well, the lazy version and the version that blamed other people. Right. And then it started to be, you know, I'm on Team Canada here. I played in the NHL. Like, I, you know, like no matter what, no one can really take that away. And now opinions and years gone by. Then my daughter got born and got born. My daughter was born. And, <laughs> uh, no, it just all faded. It, 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 mm -hmm. That's why my book, a lot of, you know, yeah. I won't get into it, but a lot of people offered me good money. Sure kind of talk about the negative side of being in Montreal but the truth is I loved all of it man I, yeah. had, I had a problem with Michelle Therrien um I was a kid I should have gone back to camp but most of my experience was a great one I was like you know mm -hmm. I used to get up every day and go in and go I can't believe I used to look at Brad Brown and Matt Higgins and Aaron Asham and go can you believe we're the Montreal Canadiens like <laughs> it never ever like really sunk in in a cocky way yeah. so when I was doing my book I was like you know you guys got it all wrong I kept a journal in case you didn't know and I loved my time there Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and for the sake of selling or, or selling my soul, really, it was a lot more yeah. money. But uh, ECW from downtown Toronto, they let me do it. They gave me a two hundred or $2,500 advance that I had to pay back, so I didn't get any bonus. Wow. They let me do it myself. <laughs> not much. They call it Tales of a First Round Nothing. That's right. And, you know, there's two or three stories in there about Montreal. But to me, it was great. Mm -hmm. But I loved my time in Hershey and Idaho and, you know, Salt Lake City. And I got to travel all over the world playing hockey. And mm -hmm. that really... Well, it's and it's still the vehicle to what I'm doing. I mean, I'm an actor, what I'm an author and podcaster, all came from hockey, right? Yeah, amazing. So, 2014 amazing. Tales of a First Round Nothing, My Life as an NHL Footnote. Uh, that was your first book, and uh, I mean, we could talk about your hockey career for the whole time, but our our, our listeners are going to be like, get to Shorzy already. So, yeah. let's uh, so that's 2014, and then in 2020, you put out another book, Fights, Film, and Folklore. Can you tell us quickly what that's what, what that one's about? Well. I was looking for something to do during the pandemic mm -hmm. and um, again, the film and everything got shut down. So, and this is why I don't complain about being busy because I know myself and I need to be, I was going out of my mind. Well, we all were, but I get real bad anxiety and that's the way I deal with it. So when I was early on, I realized that, and I remember my dad doesn't get it at all. He's the most laid back mom <laughs> gets it a bit. Mm -hmm. But he, he would be like, you know, maybe harness that energy in a positive way instead of, and, and it would, I'd be like, you know, just, just nervous and yeah. anxious and overexcited a lot. I mean, you can tell that talking to me, but so I, I take out a paper and pen and, you know, I, I I've written most stuff. We'll never see the light of day. Right. But I was reading, you know, I was a creative writer growing up. I didn't really tell my friends, but I was writing like plays and stuff as a kid, poetry all the time. Um, so I, I'm more, I'm most comfortable in the artistic world as a mm -hmm. writer. So anyway, P Penny Lane was there and I was telling her some stories during the pandemic and she said, you, you should do another book. So the show Hudson and Rex came back. You know how I wrote that book? Mm -hmm. The show Hudson and Rex came back and I was doing locations. 
I still take days on locations, by the way. I don't mind working on crew at all. It's a okay. good day's work. And uh, I can always work on other things, right, when I'm in there. So I was locking up, which means basically just make sure people don't walk through a scene. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I was, like, standing around a corner, and there was nothing happening. It was the pandemic. It was Petty Harbor. There might have yeah. been one car every five hours. Right. So I, uh, I I realized that I could I, – I didn't even know that you could use Word and you could – speech to text on your phone oh okay so i find it a lot (laughs) yeah i was out there and i went okay it's for me it's easier to break down something the skeleton's already written it's Mm -hmm. why the tales of first round nothing all of those were journal entries Mm -hmm. some of them don't look much like they started but it was there and then i reduce and i add and i you know i try to you massage it, yeah, yeah. Yes, I yeah. massage it. I try yeah, to create yeah. some imagery for the reader and everything, mm-hmm. but there's a base already there. Right. And this was great because mm-hmm. I just talk into my thing and go, wow. And I, I, I made so I told like five or six stories by myself into the phone, mm-hmm. and then I realized I'm like, you know what? I got like 200 pages here. Maybe I could do something else. So that's awesome. The, the fights at the beginning. The first one is all anecdotal, really, mm-hmm. and it's you know chronological order. I think of like a boy growing up. I mean if you really look at it, hockey was my life, but it, 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 there's some stuff in the first one that, again, it was hard. Every day revolved around hockey, but it was really about me growing up. This, this second one, the first part, really the fights, I talk about it and I don't want to get way into it here, but concussions. And yeah. I can relate with that. I had them and I didn't get them all those fights I got in and I didn't get them from that. I, I, I it's like, there's more, I don't know if G-force is the word, but when you got your head down and you're skating through the middle and you get yeah. lit up with a hit, yeah. that's how I got my concussions. One lasted a full year post-concussion syndrome. Oh, oh my god! So I kind of try to talk about that and relate with people because people think they're going out of their minds. Like I did it and until I talked to other hockey players and like mm-hmm. it was really a weight I was going off my shoulders. I was going, oh, wow. So it's not just me that feels like this. Like yeah. a concussion, post-concussion syndrome isn't always headache. Yeah. Uh, it's often emotional. It's... You know, it affects everybody different. It's your brain here. Mm-hmm. It's your brain. Yeah, right? it's a brain Depth injury. Yeah. Remember, like, like really just, like, having a hard time focusing on a drink to pick up or whatever. It was it was bad, bad, bad time. So, and I tried to relate, but I still, and I, I like the fighting in hockey. There's a respect there um, that isn't really in, in, in the other sports. I mean, you can't fight, first of all, but mm-hmm. but there really is. And, you know, so, like, everything, you know, talking to Matthew Barnaby after we fought in the penalty box. Um, Things like that. I, I tried to, like, put in perspective what it really means to, like, fight in pro hockey. It's mm-hmm. not always what you think. It's right. not always, I hate you and I'm going to come get you. It's part of the job. And I find that this point, most of my friends from the hockey days that are opponents are the tough guys. And right. they, because they respect it, they realize it was a job. And they were usually the guys in the room to play the music, to gel the team together. Shorzy hints on that, and it's not wrong. Like, mm-hmm that run them up, fill them in. When you do that as a team and you do it together and you sacrifice and you block shots for your goalie who's having a shutout and there's really something to that. And uh, so I just explained that now. The, 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 so it's fights, film, folklore. Film was my updated into, into the film world. I'd mm-hmm. had a lot of things happen. And it's not any, you know, ball hockey or ice hockey to ball hockey was an obvious transition. Sure. Ice hockey to the film world. I know it's becoming a little more, um, I guess, normalized, but 
it's just not. There just wasn't that many people involved. So. No, I remember seeing some of those Wayne Gretzky commercials early on in his career. He was not yeah. an actor. No. <laughs> one, one, does, one does not translate into the other. No, and you, you're always doing yourself some yeah. some version of it for some company. You're, you're always doing promos. You yeah, never really exactly. have to act, right? Right. So, that, so a lot of people were interested in that. And I, mm -hmm. I said, you know, I think there's going to be enough interest I can put out the middle part of my book. And then the folklore really is just some anecdotes at the end that were left over. I could put out, like, honestly, guys, 20 of those. Oh. Everything I've talked to you, with you about here today, would we're halfway through a book already. And we're halfway <laughs> through an episode we haven't touched on Letter Kenny. But, okay, just and two more things before we get to Shorzy, because I, I, I hate myself if I didn't get to it. For, uh, try to be as quick as possible. First of all, <laughs> you took out your own teeth with a sledgehammer. Why? That's why I heard that. That's why I heard that one. I'm going to seem insane. I know so it's going to be tough. Let let's let's try to sum it up. I'll give you the main points. Yes. I did. I so I lost my teeth in the summer mm -hmm. playing ball hockey in 2001. It was. I looked like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. They weren't totally out, but the front two were half. Yeah. Okay. So I said. Now, that particular year, I was going to Dallas Stars camp, and I was just coming out of Montreal. That's when I told you I didn't go back to camp. Right. And whatever they I, – I can't remember the terms of the trade or whatever happened, but I, I was finally going to another NHL camp. So I said, I'll just wait and get it fixed there, right? Ball hockey here, I think the insurance covered 1000 bucks. I'm like, it's going to be more than that, so I'll just wait. But it was – breathing in is hard. Mm -hmm to do when the nerves are exposed. So I had to wear oh, a mouth Jesus. guard. Oh, yeah. I can feel that. I get down to Dallas, you know, yeah. and I tell the trainer and he's like, yeah, but you didn't do it here. And like, you're not even under contract here. And I just didn't think about it. Like, I was just like, well, I'm going to camp. They'll take care of it. Just like they did in Montreal, of course, mm -hmm. because I was on a huge contract and, you know, I had medical and all that. So, um, and now I'm in the States, so it's going to really doubly cost me. Yeah. So I said, okay, like, I'll see what I do here. And then I, I, I got the ankle injury real i really really heard it there mm -hmm. that was the biggest that was really the turning point for, for my career ending injury that that was where the ankle injury the main part of it happened so now i'm in the hotel and i'm like okay i'm hurt now what am i going to do but they talked to me and they said we want you to go to our affiliate team in boise idaho you know get this better there we'll get you on a minor league contract there and you know who knows if it gets better which it didn't but maybe you'll be up in dallas so i went to boise now that was another month, man. I came home and I'm like, "Fuck!" I might. Oh, sorry. I might, <laughs> I might uh, just get it done down there. I, I don't mind waiting another three weeks. So I've been at, at this point like two months. But I was wearing a mouth guard around and it was orange, so it looked like I was sucking an orange peel. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Boise, same thing. I go in and I tell everybody. I tell the trainer, Kip Dribnak, and he says, "Well, I'd love to help you, but you didn't do it here." And I was like, "Come on, man!" So I said, "Well, what if?" Let's just say that I just choose to live with my teeth like this and I was to get a puck in the face and and hurt them worse. And he said, well, then, of course, it's taken care of and we'll fix your teeth. And I said, just like a new set of teeth. And he goes, yeah. So uh, that's all I needed to hear. I closed the door. His office was connected to our dressing room. I came out and I told the guys. So I said, it's either going to cost me $10,000 or I need you guys to help me out, figure out how I'm going to knock him Holy out myself. Holy fuck. Yeah, and I waited <laughs> another three weeks. I was eating, like, honestly, milkshakes and soup. It was, it was almost three months, man. But at this point, I'm like, I've waited this long. I'm going to do it. And it became, normally, I like to challenge myself with realistic things. that, Like, you know, the stand-up comedy, that was a challenge, but that's realistic. 
knocking your teeth out with a hammer isn't. So anyway, we were we were sitting Christ. around the pool. You're making Tanya squirm. Yep. This this sounds like a grown up version of tying a string around your tooth and oh, yeah. and, and well, closing the door only. Wait till you hear this. So we're at. <laughs> uh, we were at the, 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 most of us lived. There was a communal kind of area. There, it, it was apartment buildings, and mm-hmm. in the middle there was like a pool and a hot tub. And it was, I guess, it was November, December. But Boise, Idaho, it does get cold, but you know it's mild a lot of the year anyway. So I guess we must have been down hanging around the hot tub in the. Well, we were so. There was kids there, and one of them had a little Nerf hammer, right? And I thought that I could just kind of chip out my teeth then. I had spears. Yeah, I, with the guys, and, and that was it. Myself, we got Jeremy Oblonsky and Chris Graff. We said, you know, oh, that's going to work. So I started it, and it, it didn't even come close. Like, first of all, my teeth, they're not long anymore, so it's hard to even get them, and they're, like, so far up. There wasn't any chance, right. no oh chance that I would have chipped any of my teeth out. And I realized that. So then I'm like, I guess I'm not going to do it. And there was money going back and forth. So not every player on the team was there, but everybody was on the phone or like waiting. Yeah. So, Can't make this shit up. No, there was. And when I saw that there's twelve or thirteen hundred bucks, like going, I'm, like, I'm not going to lose that for my buddies. Honestly, that's where my head went. I could have paid like, for no your way. Your I'm going to lose you guys money. I promise you, I was going to do this. So now I grab a sledgehammer. Bobby oh. Stewart brings me a sledgehammer. Oh. I don't know where he got it. No. And though I look. And I, the first swing of the sledgehammer, oh, I I flinched with about three inches left, but it was so heavy it kept going. Do you see my lip? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I have a scar uh, yeah, there because it's a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah, and, and so I, I let up, but it, but it hit my lip, and now my lip exploded, so my tongue can go right through it. I have a hole in my lip. Oh no! So. Now and there's blood and and now I can hear people. There was wives shrieking, um, <laughs> like like Tanya's right now. Yeah. Like, oh okay. my god, what's this, this guy amazing. doing? And then I'm like, I got, I, I got to go through with it. I just didn't think. I went boom, and now I only had two teeth with a problem. Mm-hmm. I knocked out the whole row. Yeah. Came down because it's a sledgehammer. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's spurting out of out of my teeth. It's spurting. People are freaking out. I'm going, why? I told you I was going to do this. Like, well, why is it? I don't, I, I honestly think most people up to that point thought it was a gag. They thought it was, especially the wives. They had mm-hmm. no, they're like, why, why is this guy on the team? I'm sure. Oh and it was God. really early on. Now mm-hmm. I got to know everybody at oh. the end and it became a funny story, but picture doing that mm-hmm. when no one knows what's happening. Like yeah. people are going, what the hell's they going on? No context at all, crazy. right? No. And then I had to. Not only that, and it was a little much, I remember, because it was a bit of a lark, but I'm like, man, I'm injured. Like, I, I look like Freddy Krueger. So Bobby's like, now, how are you going to get to the rink and say you did it there? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I didn't think this out at all. So <laughs> then we just went there. He goes, this is what we're going to do, Noof. We're going to go down to the rink. <laughs> And we're going to go on really early, like we're getting extra practice time. It'll actually probably give us brownie points. Practice started at 10, but we could have access whenever we wanted. So I remember me and Bobby went there at 7. So we walked in. We were the first there. And uh, Coach John Oliver was walking in his office. He opened the door for us. He didn't notice. I just kind of did this one. And then when Kip Dribnak did walk in, he walked by, and I was doing up my skates, and I just said, hey, how's it going? How's everything today? And I kind of (laughs) wiped my head. Yeah. And he didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. And Bobby just looked over me. Let's go out there right away. So we went out, right out on the ice. He shot one high off the glass. You could hear it, you know, because there was nobody in the rink. And I just kind of fell. And we went through the mo. Ah, oh, my God. I took the teeth that that were knocked out and I just kind of threw them all over the all over the ice. And I oh. all I had to do was like nick my 
lip and my mouth just a bit and it would look fresh because i mean it was it only happened seven or eight hours before that so <laughs> yeah so anyway that was it so I, I did it and i got my teeth done and then redone it was well over ten thousand wow. dollars and the book was coming out <laughs> the book originally was going to come out a little earlier and i remember my lawyer going you know it wasn't the reason but he goes it's probably going to help anyway because statute of limitations right you know you can tell the story now. I didn't even think about that angle. Yeah, it yeah. is fraud. It is fraud. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's a major crime, really, but whatever. Oh, oh, well, man. and all I hear is that was the day you realized that one day you were going to be an actor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Right. Yeah, maybe. So, it was a little bit of pre-acting. Terry, we're going to have to have you on for a second episode. because yeah, we need a other, part two. Because, yeah. for example, I want to hear about Ovechkin's stick-burning uh, celebration. Or, yeah, uh, I mean, my move. But, yeah, that's your move that and that he took from you, and I'm sure our our co-host Victor would love to hear it in person. So let's let's move on then. Though you you mentioned you had one one scene in Letterkenny in the senior men's hockey uh, episode. For, how did you get involved with Letterkenny? Well, that that's a good question. It came into my radar. I I was working on set with a guy Micah Martin, and he mm -hmm. had worked with Jared in PEI or or. or people involved with the show i can't remember that's the first i heard about it okay it wasn't like at the beginning when it was on youtube and stuff that i got into that late um but i really liked it my, my favorite the holy grail of shows to me ever is arrested development i love the word play yeah it's my favorite show and letter kenny the first time i watched it i i was almost so where i was taken by surprise like what is this what mm -hmm. is it all about and then i realized like the show is like, you never know, hear the saying, like, dumb like a fox. Mm -hmm. Like, it, you, when you first see it, you're like, oh, oh, they're playing off stereotypes. And maybe it, as a dumb is the wrong word, but it's dumbed down when it's explained to you. But I thought yeah. it was brilliant writing. I, I love the wordplay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is exactly like, this is great. That, it took me maybe two or three episodes to realize what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I watched them all out of order. So, but you can <laughs> kind of do that with, you can get by and do that with yeah. Letter Kenny. So I love the show. I never thought I would be on it, of course, but um, I was here in town and doing stunt acting and I did have some credits at that point. Jason Momoa had read my book and gave me some opportunities, yeah. but I, I, I never thought I would be called to go out of province. I didn't have an agent or anything like that. I, I would never have said I was an actor, even though I had credits. Mm -hmm. It was still like a bucket list thing and in my head and I, I got to do it, but it was a nice maybe few days pay a year. But mm -hmm. uh, they called in the summertime and kind of told me what was up. They said, you need to send in uh, an audition. But I was led to believe it was mine to lose. Right. Uh, and I, I don't want to be cocky when I'm saying that, but I really was led to, to, to believe that. And, sure. and that's what happened. I mean, I went in. So I was on my way to a hockey school that day teaching at Wally Bray's local hockey school. And uh, two of my buddies, Scott Bray and um, Zach O'Brien, who played on my team there, um, they helped me shoot a, yeah, I guess, I mean, it was an audition, but it was really yeah. out of, it was a unique way we did it. I mean, we, I had the camera skating around the ice and I was just kind of, and I remember they said, you know, you can add your own words if you want, mm -hmm. because anyway, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But yeah. so I did, like we did it. I didn't even think it was that great, but I did what they asked me. I, I, I read the scene and kind of tossed in my own little swagger to it, which you're not always, I guess, is not always welcome right i mean that's what i did and i got the call back to go up there so i did i got there this is funny like when i got there to do letter kenny mm -hmm. and it was a real privilege for me because again i'm a, I'm a big fan mm -hmm. right 
And there was so much I wanted to do, but I'm like, okay, I got to get my day over with first and, and I got to give this, you know, the time it deserves, even though, I mean, this is a version of me, I guess, in mm-hmm. a way, it's still acting and I got to remember my lines. I have to deliver them. You know, I, I got to act like a professional, basically. But it happened to be rap day. Happened, so it was, it was obviously it must have been shot out of order because it sure. wasn't the last scene. Yeah. I didn't know that going in, mm-hmm. but it was rap day. So yeah. I had lunch. I'd never met Jared at this point. He's on my radar and he's friends with some people like Mark O'Brien. There, there are actors from around here that he's buddies with, mm-hmm. but he's not really Jared is not on social media no no at all no. really and trust me we know <laughs> like, yeah he's, he's a we, phantom we've tried <laughs> he's a phantom yeah. right so mm-hmm. it's i really was excited to meet him and see what made him tick yeah so but i didn't even get to say that we went in the lunchroom and he called me over and we just ate it and i love that he doesn't go to his trailer he often just eats out with everybody else mm-hmm. so we we had we sat at the table and he went over what i was about to do and uh, he said, you know, I've only been, to, I think he said he'd been to Newfoundland for one day, maybe for a wedding. But he said, you know, if, if, if you want to add, you know, I, I obviously it would go through him. But he said, like, we're going to do the scene. If there's anything you think that maybe you, sh- you could add to that mm-hmm. to give it the flavor. This is where I want. This is where I want you to go. You're kind of taunting the bench. And the other guy that did it, Patrick Cook with me, I played hockey with his two brothers, like high levels of hockey. Great. Right. They're real, real good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Patrick in like, I don't know almost 20 years he moved away after high school so i did i had a bit of a rapport mm-hmm. so I, I i went to patrick and said look let's just i'm gonna do it like i'm from monday pond i mean there's townies <laughs> and there's bayman right right that's okay. the other thing and i know i'm going on but jared um even my character on shorzy jared is a huge fan of cold water cowboys right so the way i understand it is that a lot of the lingo that was written for ted Hitchcock mm-hmm. in the letter Kenny scene. And then again in Shorzy was based off of that. But for example, for example, I believe one of my lines might've said center heist mm-hmm. because a lot of Newfoundlanders <laughs> will drop an H or add an H sure. like yeah, yeah. Ed Hurley. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go around the Bay to some bays, it's like head early, but you see head, where's head at? <laughs> head er- who, who head early. You Ed Hurley. You mean, yeah. I like center ice is center heist. Yeah. Well, look, they're going to drop the pocket center heist, right? center heist. So, but they say some of that on Coldwater Cowboys. But the one yeah. thing I did learn from folklore is that there's a lot of dialects in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, if you want me to do that, I'm going to have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. Like, but I can do a townie now because we used to imitate a guy, Fonce Faulo. And it's re- if you'll notice, my letter Kenny scene is a lot slower. There's more of a drawl to it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what do you at, boys? What do you want to get on the go? Where what? That's what now Fonce, ironically, the house I'm sitting in, Fonz had a stroke years years ago. I I bought it. So it's a real close friend of mine living in his house now. He's who I'm imitating, but I just sped it up. Huh. So we were kids. He was the Zamboni driver. We'd get right. to the rink and we were just kind of brats, you know, like fucking around with them. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But, you know, taunting at him. Yeah. But we all could do a great Fonz. Mm-hmm. So I was go, I go, Jared, I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. If, if, if I do a townie slash Fonz, right? And I just kind of, so the first scene, is almost is more fonts. Then in Shorzy, I kind of just sped it up and gave my own twang to it. But sure. that's there, there, that, that's a Ted's for those that don't know. There's all kinds of Newfoundland dialects, man, where it depends on where you go. But Ted Hitchcock, I'm I'm doing a townie mm-hmm. and a pretty. It's a it, 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 yeah, it's a, it, not an extreme. Almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way yeah. people talk here. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'm, sure. I'm doing a townie. So anyway, we did it, and it was rap party. I didn't know that. So we went out that night, got bamboozled. I missed my flight. I, I, my flight was at 6 a.m., honestly. I couldn't even find the door. I was loaded. Yeah. We had a great time dancing on the tables. We went to a bowling alley. I didn't know anybody, but it, but we all became friends. Right. The crew and everything. A lot Perfect. of them now are up there working on Shorzy. Yeah. Jared said... Um, Jared didn't come out to the party, but, but right before it, he goes, look, we, we, it was a great job. Thanks a lot. And he said, uh, we'll, we'll get you back. But I had no idea anything Shorzy yeah. was happening. I mean, right. it wasn't in my radar. I thought the next year, then when I get in, didn't get an invite back to do Letterkenny, it was, yeah. and I, I mean, I, I, I didn't expect it even. I was just like, sure. he's being yeah. nice. A lot of people are. I'm glad. It, to me, it was almost as big as saying, you know, I played a game or like my first game in the NHL, mm-hmm. like uh, guys, I got on letter Kenny, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm sure the soup Nazi who's associated with Seinfeld. He's only right. in three scenes. Yeah. Right. But I, I'm, he's a, he's part of Seinfeld. He's part of that universe. I'm sure he goes to whatever the comic con version of the sitcoms is, and yeah. he can walk in and be as popular as, you know, Newman or whatever was in like 80 episodes. Like, yeah. Yeah. so I just to be part of the universe, I was delighted. Yeah. Could have all ended there. Perfect. And I had yeah. an unreal story to tell. That's amazing. Can can we quickly expand a bit on that one? So when you got on set, and then even more into Shorzy, and and one of our listeners who goes by Awesome um, actually asks, "I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but it was what was your was Ted Hitchcock's dialogue word for word, or did Jared and team lean on you a lot to kind of keep them honest and really put the Newfoundlander spin on it to make sure it was more authentic?" Uh, be okay. That's a great question. Um, well, I remember going there, Jared told me that I kind of had some freedom. I will explain to him, like often it might say something that he heard on cold water cowboys or like you said, they're pretty good at writing it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't like insult. Like I like the show because of the wordplay and the yeah. creative use of the words. So I don't want to insult anybody by changing that. But in my particular case, you know, He's like part of the gag with with Ted is that, you know, it's going to be hard to understand him at of course. times. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as that happens and this is where the scene goes now, did I change it a lot? No, but I pretty much every scene we went through, I was like, Jared, can I say this there? Can I say this? Because yeah. in my head, Fonts is a true townie and that's what he would do. And, you know, it's just like I said, there, it's not just the way you say words a lot. It's the word choices at Correct. the right time. And mm-hmm. so what do you at doesn't always work. There are people that say, hey, how you doing, bye? Right? You, you, you say, no, in Newfoundland, you say, what do you at? No, you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's all kinds of different versions of these sayings. And sometimes, yeah. you know, it's where to inject them. And that's just the vernacular of, of, of you know, the, the, the culture that it's, it's osmosis. I just learned it because it's where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will... Every pretty much every time I'll go over the lines and just go, Jared, can I say this? Can I say this? Um, and you know, usually he's open to it. I, I'm, not, I'm again, I'm not doing something completely different, right? No, I'm just tweaking but it. it a but I feel bit. like it's warranted in this kind of situation. I mean, it's I a highly so. unique, very highly unique, um, where you're yeah. from and some of the dialects. So, and even I mean, what we gather from the team there, they want to be even though a lot of the show is a caricature of what's going on, they want to be authentic and still true to what's happening. So they'd be silly yeah. not to lean on you on that. Totally. And it's a way, like, I think one of the, when we're outside by the barbecue 
there's he yeah. says, you know, it, I think the lines, for example, and a lot of it's on the spot, guys, because I got it in my head. Mm-hmm. I remember in my head if there's one thing. I, even on crew, I, it, one of my pet peeves is people that don't have their lines. I'm like, dude, you got one thing to do. Right. So I, I, I just <laughs> one I, I remember it all in my head. <laughs> one anyways, job. <laughs> right. So when I get in there, yeah. I, I then I can work off it. I don't have to be looking at the script all. The, so like it, it was Jared. I think it said it, it was something about they, they called a come from away, which which people do say mm-hmm. they might say, oh, look at that come from away a lot, meaning that someone from the mainland. Yeah. But I'm like, in this case, he'd say mainlander. So I said the line was, I don't know. Uh, this guy's a come from away, I think. But I, I think I changed it to uh, well, but it's a mainlander if I ever see one. Right. Yeah. It's this, I'm saying the same thing. But yeah. in that context, I know what a new what Bonds would say, and it would be the mm-hmm. mainlander deal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So little things like that. I'm getting we're, we're getting to the same point. Sure. But I love that that I actually because I mean how how great is it yeah. to be on a show? It's so good. Shorzy's so good. It's oh, great. So good. Uh, and you know, it again. I'm I'm not writing it, but it, it's nice that I can actually put my own flavor mm-hmm. on this character Absolutely. that, you know, it's just, I, I, I consider it such a privilege and so much fun. Honestly, the hardest part for me, the hardest part of filming all that was not laughing while we were doing it. <laughs> of course. That, it's really, really hard. But while we were in the, while we were in the apartment <laughs> and big sexy, the parrot over in the corner, <laughs> that, 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 parrot was, that parrot was there. Like, it's not like, so. Yeah. Did it, it really just, say tit fucker? It was really, <laughs> really <laughs> well, uh, there was there was cues, yeah, it, it, and it was you know we did that. Go easy, big I don't sex. know. Like it was most of the afternoon. I'm trying to think, but me and Dolo were on the couch, and I remember just looking at him, going, "I don't know, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this." With every time I had to look at Jared, and that would happen all the time, and you would think that when you know what the lines are going to be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be as funny, but it became oh, no. funnier because you're like, how is he going to deliver this? And Jared's yeah. brilliant at it anyway. Jared played junior A hockey. People don't realize a lot of them. I mean, you know, he's it's all relative. By the time you get to the NHL, it's the same. Mm-hmm. They, honestly, pe- the, the players might be more talented, but an NHL dressing room, the same stuff, right? The, the same certain type of guys stir the drink. They play the music. There's trips going on probably more in junior than there are in the NHL. There's... <laughs> stories every morning you know everybody has a car you you work out after you ride the, it's very similar yeah yeah so it's all like it's a layup Jarrett writes it yeah from his own experience which is our own experience right and then we get to all do it together so and and it's almost when i say laugh i also mean smile because mm-hmm. you read it i've done a lot of shows now at this point and especially crew and it often matches what you read but it's always so much more colorful when we're doing our show because I think everybody everybody brings their own dynamic and they're, they're fun to work with. Mm-hmm. So when I'm reading it, it's hard for me to even picture. And I like that. I don't know what room we're going to do it in. I don't know where we're going to be. Got all the lines memorized, get in there in the morning, and it starts taking shape. And I love that. That's my favorite part of all of it. When I start to see something that I've read or I've memorized and how are we going to do this starts taking shape. But yeah, smiling and laughing, like that's pretty much three quarters of every day. So it could, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a dream job. 
Terry, you've been so generous with your time today and uh, we're at the top of the hour. So I want to be conscientious of your time as well. Uh, Matt, did you want to ask your, your patented question before we, uh, we, and I'm going to do guys, I have no problem doing number two. My daughter's Please. gone for three weeks. If you want a pre-record and put it out in three months or whatever you want to do. But the next three weeks, I do have some time. If okay. you guys would like to, we'll, we'll, we'll have take to, you on that. Yeah, we'll take, yeah. take you up on that offer, but Matt, yeah. go ahead. But I will. Yeah. Quickly, quickly ask this. I ask this to everyone that comes on. I mean, from our perspective, things like Letter Kenny Shorzy are, are quickly become like big cult phenomenons that are spreading everywhere. Just from your perspective, what has it been like to simply be a part of it? And and what has it meant to you? Like looking at it from a, as a Canadian, as a Newfoundlander, um, as a whole, like what has it felt like to you to be a oh, part wow. of the show? Well, that's a great question as well. First of all, the obvious. Um, I was working my way back. I was doing okay financially, but it really was a boost. It helped me get the house I'm sitting in here now, Penny Lane. Wanted to live in Newfoundland. You asked me about that. It made all that possible. So it was yeah. a nice financial boost, first of all. Okay, just on the level. Second, um, to be, to play Ted Hitchcock is a dream because when you when I played hockey again, eighth overall, the highest pick ever in the history of Newfoundland and Labrador, there was a lot of expectations. Key to the city, parade, all that, mm -hmm. right? And I would come back and people didn't understand. And, and, you know, there was a lot of nuance to what happened to me. And it was almost like I was pitied or, or, or questioned everywhere. I went, Oh, Terry, what, what happened? And eventually yeah. I just wanted to go, you know, but I did play in the NHL. I, I, you I played for saying. the Montreal fucking yeah. Canadians. That's like I, playing for yeah. the, the, the New York Yankees. I mean, that's not told me that yeah. when I was 15, <laughs> Uh, I yeah. would freak out if you told me I got one shift. Yeah. It's only three years later, yeah. two and a half years later, you get drafted and there's all this expectation. And I get it. I know why it's there. And I know why people would ask. They were only being, but it was hard to even yeah. leave the house and go out for a, a drink or, or, or a bite to eat mm -hmm. without people coming over and going. And there were, but most of them were nice, but what are you doing in Montreal now by Ryan? Screwing you over again. Like it, yeah. it was always something and it was hard to escape from it. And people didn't understand, but this, this is different. So mm -hmm. That was a bit of a lonely time, even though sure. you're on a hockey team, you, you would think the opposite and you had all kinds of people behind you. But it was lonely because only only I knew what was happening. I'm not an idiot. I I, I there, there was a lot going on mm -hmm. a lot. You're playing for there's coaches and there's and there and there's places within the team and there's contracts and there's all kinds of things that factor into why a player does or doesn't play. Right. So. um. But I don't have to deal with any of that now. What happens is that these people now are taking the ride with me. Yeah. I'm representing all of them. Mm -hmm. And I, because Ted Hitchcock isn't me. It, right. it, there's a lot in common, mm -hmm. but it's not me. They, these people here are connected to Ted Hitchcock like I am. I get to play him, yeah. but he's a Newfoundlander. And if there's one thing Jared did say at the beginning, he said, look, we're not ever going to laugh at Ted. Like that's been done and we're not doing that. So if the, that's the other thing about the lines, like just make sure that in no way is he look like an idiot. We're yeah. not getting this newfy joke guy. Yeah. So, yeah. and people really respect that. I think that might've been what they thought mm -hmm. that he was going to be the token Newfoundlander that, you know, just forgot to screw the light bulb yeah. in, you and, know, and we, sorry, Terry, really quickly that yeah. what you just said checks. And I, I'm not sure if it was Trevor risk. Al, it said, if someone at one point mentioned that, um, Jared and, and, and Jake and all them, if it ever felt like bullying, mm -hmm. 
they've yeah. gone too far, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So what you just called out there about laughing with him and not at him, yeah, aligns with that mentality, right? And yes, and when I exactly, you know how much of a difference I didn't really think of it, but yeah, I mean, I went out last night on George Street and had a great time, and people just all that's all they want to talk about. It's a privilege to be part of it, but. Yeah, they feel like they're taking the journey with me. And you go, boy, what's Teddy up to now? <laughs> Terry, but what's Teddy going to get up to in season? It's great, right? I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm going to try to do my best job. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and so I can kind of live outside myself, live this adventure while there's a lot of meta reality going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. And a lot of people, it's like, this is wild. Like, I do get to watch you on TV, mm-hmm. yeah. just not in the way that you thought, right? Yeah. So there, there's that going on. So I love that. I feel that I'm on this journey that I'm taking and I'm representing Newfoundland and I'm trying to do my best job. Whereas, and all I have to do really is is, is listen and, and listen to instruction, remember my lines and represent where mm-hmm. there's so much up in the air when you're an act, act, athlete and going through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. doesn't feel like you're taking it. It feels like for me, it felt like I was pressured to do a good job for those people. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like I was on a ride with anybody. It was a lonely journey to be honest. And that's why I had all my journals. So I'm an only child as well. That's why. So, and then the third thing is that I've been doing a lot of stuff for like spitting chiclets and these appearances, you know, show up. I went to rapid city a month ago, drop a puck, do a live Q and a, I uh, went to Pittsburgh, Boston, a couple of times, Buffalo, Vegas. So just oh, Vegas was before Shorzy. Everything else was after. So say the last five or six months, I've gone to the U.S. I went to New Jersey. Say, say six or seven times. I mean, it's never happened before. There might be somewhere by fluke. I don't know. I'm in like Roanoke and walk into a chapters or, or a bookstore and someone says hey, how are the habs or whatever you used to play on that like that might happen one in a million right but now everywhere rapid city i'm having breakfast in deadwood the actual deadwood <laughs> right where uh, while bill hickok was shot i'm having breakfast and people are in there going man i love the show pittsburgh it happened while i was walking down the street mm-hmm. let alone the bars we went to i mean lots of people boston was like yeah you know, it, honestly, people were coming over and quoting the show. Hmm. Like, I'm talking going in and having a coffee in the morning yeah. at breakfast joints and stuff. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm, when I say that, I'm not saying I'm famous. I'm not saying that that's... What I'm saying is that I didn't realize how much traction the sure. show had. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, man, yep. but, you know, I can see that, but... and. You know, so it speaks for how good the show is. Absolutely. A lot of hockey shows are alienating anyway because it's hockey. I lived in the States. It got its support system. Mm-hmm. But as far as sports that are popular, you know, it's fourth of the four major. And then I think I'd put NASCAR and everything ahead, you know. Yeah. All the, oh, absolutely. You know, in, in the, the southern US, states, yeah. for sure. Way yeah. ahead of it. Yeah. And it's got its following. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know if you were to sit there and say, let's write a hit show. You know, if if if, if you had to bet, I, I don't know that I would have bet hockey would work. Yeah. Maybe football, Friday Night Lights, or whatever. Yeah. But this is brilliant because it transcends the sport. A, it introduces a lot of people to the sport, um, and yeah. and not only that, like Canadian humor and everything is one thing, but you know, I know all kinds of people that watch the show that never skated in their life. Yeah. That really can't name five players on the Toronto Maple Leafs, but. You know, there's something about it. And um, and I think, uh, honestly, what I think it is, is, and especially after I watched it, it read one way. When I watched it, I'm like, man, 
there's a heart to Shorzy. There, there, there's a heart. There's an underlying, like, this guy's vulnerable. Yeah. Clearly, he lashes out. There's a lot of comedy there. But I can relate to Shorzy as a person. I really can, just like I can relate to Ted. But we've all played with or dealt with someone like Shorzy. Mm-hmm. Their bark is often worse <laughs> than their bite. Yeah. And... Often his vulnerability, just listening to the anthem, for example, brings him to tears. <laughs> so, right? Like, yeah. And that is something. And, you know, I mean, he gives Sanguinette shit so much. Yeah. But there's a few times that, yeah. you know, he only needs to do it a, a, a few times. Yeah. But he let, he lets his guard down a little bit and yeah. loves Sanguinette. And so, he explains it a few times, especially in the last episode, I think is brilliant. It's one of the best episodes of TV yeah. that year. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So let's save some of that for round two, because yes, I, I have a whole bunch of questions around what you just <laughs> a million questions on there a bit um, <laughs> that we could talk. Man, dude, yeah. we could talk to you all fucking I know. Time. Next <laughs> time we will start with Shorzy and not worry about anything else. But Terry, uh, great job. We're on pins and needles. I mean, it's the worst kept secret. Shorzy's got to be picked up, obviously. They'd be idiots not to pick it up. And you're 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 repping your island proud. Uh, you're repping all of us proud. It's it's doing a great job. Uh, you got the two books, the the podcast, which I am a listener. I listen to it every, uh, twice a week. Uh, Thank you. With every episode you put out, I can't believe. But when I honestly can't believe that <laughs> it's gotten to that point, I I appreciate it so much. Yeah. And absolutely, uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, these regular so, listeners. When I and the, I do one a week just on my own. I don't mm-hmm. know why you listen, but thank you. You know, I I kind of appreciate the one a weeks more than I because it, it gives us a window into what you're up to. I mean, some of the people you interview, I'm I'm gonna not gonna lie to you. I don't yeah. might not know who they are, but you, I want to know more about. Anyway, uh, d- just share with our listeners where they can find your podcast and also where they can follow you uh, on social media. Yeah, sure. Um, so my podcast is called Tales with TR. It's under the umbrella of the Hockey Podcast Network. The Hockey Podcast Network, uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcast at this mm-hmm. point, pretty yep. much. Um, and it, it's great. They, they have basically one one podcast per team in the NHL. They asked me to do Montreal, and for that, it re- requires research and a lot of other right. things I didn't have time for, so they let me kind of do my own thing. <laughs> There's maybe three or four like that, but it's it's, it's great. It's an interesting yeah. network to check out. Um my Instagram, really, I mean, I'm Terry Ryan 20 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't use Twitter enough. I find it a lot. It's pretty poisonous. Yeah. Um, Agreed. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I like to engage with people and it's the worst place to do it. I really, like I said, I like airports. I like mm-hmm. going down tomorrow night. Tim's Eve's a great night in Newfoundland. I'm going to see right. a lot of people, fans of the show. And, and I love that. I see a lot of friends, acquaintances, whatever people I don't know. And I just love the, and Twitter I go into it every time, naive, thinking, oh, maybe this person wants to talk, and it just turns into some yeah. crazy political bullshit or yeah. poisonous talk. I, I don't like it. But anyway, but I am on there. I, I stomach it. Uh, but I, I, m- most of what I do goes through Instagram, Instagram. Ryan 2020 If you need to follow me or what I'm up to or anything, that's the route. That's and that's the perfect place. Post, yeah. and usually I, I'll probably be in a city near you soon. Because it seems the last two years I'm traveling all over North. You're America. everywhere, man. Yeah, man. All right, we'll <laughs> have to have we'll have you back on. Uh, I'm gonna play us off now with a song from Shorzy. This one's called "Miserable Girl" by Soul Wax. And 
that's all we have for this episode. Don't forget to give our sponsor, Diabolical Coffee, some love. They are at diabolicalcoffee.com. Right now, you can use the promo code PROTOSAN for 20% off any purchase from their site. If you'd like to support this podcast, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or become a patron. There's a Patreon link on our site or Twitter profile at PROTOSANPOD. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Hive Social now at PROTOSANPOD. Thanks for joining us. Now we're going to go get Matt screeched in. So, uh, uh, Trapper John's where Tanya and I got screeched in. On behalf of Terry, Victor, Matt, Tanya, and myself, thank you for listening and have a great week. Yeah.